So a husband and a wife, they went out for a Sunday drive, and a rabbit ran in front of the car. The man hit the brakes. Well, they got out to take a look at the bunny. It wasn't moving. It wasn't breathing. Tears began to fill their eyes. But the wife had an idea. She went to her purse and she got a bottle. And she then sprayed it on the bunny. Sure enough, that rabbit sprang to its feet and began to hop away. And every 10 hops or so, it would stop. And it would turn back to them and it would wave. The husband was amazed. So he took the bottle out of his wife's hand and he read the label and it said this, hairspray. (laughs) Restores life to dead hair. Plus, it adds a permanent wave. I know some of you are probably wondering, where's he going with this? Is he going to kill the Easter bunny? You know, we come on this day, and I have to be honest with you, I don't come today to talk about the Easter bunny. I tell him today to talk about Jesus. And I don't come today to talk about a resuscitation of a bunny. I come today to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that means for us today. I mean, today, on our Easter Sunday, we gather to celebrate that the stone which sealed life and the love of God has been and always will be rolled away. We come on this day to celebrate that our hope is alive in the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. God's Word speaks of this hope as an anchor for our souls. Do some of you need an anchor right now? Find yourself floating in a sea of chaos? Our anchor is often our unspoken strength that allows us to rise each day and to face the uncertainties that come with life. In the midst of our losses and our letdowns, we can anchor our souls to the divine strength, the hope of Easter. Now, this hope is not a hope of naive fools or nagging optimism. It is a hope that meets us where we live. It is a hope that meets us in the real world. As we read in Gospel of John, our story doesn't begin in the full light of day, does it? No, it begins, begins early. It begins at dawn. It begins while it is still dark. You know, that place in dawn, it's far less clear. And it's also far more personal. And our story begins with an individual, Mary. Perhaps as fascinating and encouraging as anything else, God chooses to do 
God focuses the greatest event, event of cosmic proportions on a common, everyday, ordinary person. Mary comes to the tomb in her grief, and she comes in love. And remember, it's dark. It's not just the darkness of the sky, it's also the darkness of her soul. Her love for Christ may have been strong, but her hope couldn't see that there was anything else to hold on to. Jesus was gone, and the world without him was dark. It was dark all around her, and it was even dark within her. Again, my friends, Easter begins where life on this planet finds us right now. You know what? This world is not always a safe and sane and satisfying place. This is a world where love of family and friends can fall short and even prove frail and fragile. It is a world where the people that we love leave too often. Easter enters this world. The love of God is a deep love that seeks us out, seeks us in our darkness. And it is not the love of fairy tales or forced devotion, but a love that reaches us right where we live. If you found it hard to see God's love, then you can really understand where Mary's coming from. You can appreciate her. Even when she arrives and finds that the huge stone is removed from that cave-like tomb, what does she think? Well, there are two things that may have entered her mind. She may have thought that the Jews have come and taken away Jesus' body. Not satisfied with just killing him on the cross, they were now going to inflict further indignities on him. Or maybe it was just that those who make it a business to rob tombs. But whatever Mary thought, she was focused on what? She was focused on a natural explanation, a worldly explanation. She was not counting on a supernatural explanation. Truly, she couldn't perceive anything more than that. And then, then there was a presence beside her. But I mean, what was the best she could hope for, huh? Maybe a gardener was there. I mean, who else would have been there? But who is it? Lo and behold, it's the presence of the one she loves, the one that she longs for. She can't see clearly through her sadness. Her head and her heart are turned downward with tears. The hope of Easter begins in a place just like this, where it is hard 
for us to expect much, where it's hard for us to see clearly, where it's hard for us to recognize God's grace and God's presence. Because we can't see. We can't see through our trials, through our trauma, through our difficulties, through our pain, and through our tears. Our fears and our frustrations hold us back. But the voice of Easter morning would penetrate the darkness. What Mary heard and saw that Easter morning would absolutely 100% change her life forever and change our lives forever. Jesus came to Mary because she needed him. And let's be frank, we all need Jesus. He knew better than she did that we all are in need of a risen Savior. So what is the living hope that changed Mary's life? That living hope that changes our life? Well, in the risen Christ, Mary discovered that living hope. And the first thing she discovered was this. God can overcome any power in your past. God can overcome any power in your past. Mary knew about the powers that can control and define us, that control and define our past. We all know something of the power that our past can have, the shame that ties us down and keeps us from the hope that we so long to have. There's a story of a group of six-year-olds who are asked to write down a little prayer. Little Arthur, you know, he started fidgeting. And finally, he wrote, Dear God, please help me be the person that my dog thinks I am. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Another teacher asked her class what each wanted to become when they grew up. And one by one, they went around the class, and she asked them. And they would say, oh, teacher, I want to be president. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a teacher just like you. And then the teacher finally asked Billy, Billy, what do you want to be when you grow up? And Billy responded, teacher, I want to be possible. And the teacher asked, possible? And Billy said, yeah. My mom is always telling me I'm impossible, so when I grow up, I want to be possible. <laughs> My friends, that's really all Mary wanted. Mary just wanted to be possible again. We want to be possible. The cool thing is Jesus Christ then spoke into her life with power. He looked her in the eye. He confronted the powers that held her, and he did what? He absolutely set her free. She was no longer defined by anything else she had, been, had done. She was defined by the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. And I hope and pray you hear that today. 
Any of you who find themselves shackled, you do not have to be shackled. We have a Lord who loves you, who died for you, who rose from the dead for you. That is power. You have been released. Believe it. Live into it. Allow the grace of God to make you a new creation. Because that's what Colossians 2.13 says. When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive in Jesus Christ. My friends, Jesus can overcome any power that holds you to shame and to your past. Let go. Let go and receive that love and be freed. Secondly, God will be present. God will be present with you each and every day. You know, the great news of Easter is that God can be present with us everywhere. You know, St. Augustine, he said that this way. He said, you ascended before our eyes, and we turned to watch you grow. We turned grieving only to find that you were now living in our hearts. John 14, 18, and 19, Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. I will come to you. Before long, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. Or what about John 14, 23? If anyone will obey my teaching, my Father will love them and will come to you and make a home with you. You know, this is why Mary couldn't hold on to Jesus. Jesus' presence wasn't leaving. It was being loosed into the world. You know, Christ wasn't merely the hope of just one woman. Christ is the hope of all of us. Christ is the hope of the world. My friends, you never have to feel alone again because you never are alone. Christ is here with us now. Christ will be with us when we go home. Christ will be with us when we lay down. Christ will be with us when we rise up. Christ will be with us when we go to work tomorrow or when we go to school. We're not alone. God's always with us. Not only should we have hope, We ought to have joy, right? We ought to have joy. I mean, Martin Luther, the leader of the Protestant Reformation, the founder of the Lutheran Church, he was uh, fit many times with a depressive state that would just kind of overcome him. And one day he was sulking, and one day his wife walked past him wearing a black dress. And Luther looked at her and said, who died? His wife responded, God did. And Luther very vehemently replied, no, he did not. 
To which his wife then said, well, then live like it. My friends, Christ is in us, living in us. Let's live like it. Let's live a life knowing God's presence and allowing that life to fill us with joy. And lastly, God has a future for me. God has a future for us. Jesus also came to defeat death. John 14, 1 through 3 says it this way, Do not be afraid. There are many rooms in my Father's house, and I am going there to prepare a place for you. And after I have done this, I will come back and bring you to where I am. My friends, this is the hope that changed Mary's life because she was going to be with Jesus forever, and she knew it. In Valladolid, Spain, where Christopher Columbus died in 1506, there stands a monument commemorating the great discoverer. Perhaps the most intriguing feature of the memorial is a statue of a lion destroying one of the Latin words that had been part of Spain's motto for centuries. Before Columbus had made his voyages, before he had sailed the ocean blue, the Spaniards thought they had reached the outer limits of the known world. They felt they had reached the outer limits of the earth. And so they had a motto. And their motto was this, ne plus ulta, which means no more beyond. And now there was that lion there, and the lion had a powerful claw, and it was taking away one of the words. It was taking away the word nay or no. And that made the motto now read, plus ulta, which means more beyond. The world was never the same once Christopher Columbus sailed, and the world is never the same when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. There is more beyond. There is more beyond the life that we live here in this time and in this place. There is a life beyond death. Because in Jesus Christ, there always is life. My friends, I hope you heard it today. God can overcome your past. You are more. You are loved. You're not defined by anybody's sinful action or even your own. You're defined by the grace of a holy God. And that in the face of every day, you have a God who will be with you, Jesus 
who is always a part of your life. So don't just exist. Don't just trudge through a day. Live into the day and do it with joy. And lastly, God has a future. Even in death, you're alive. God's living son is our living hope. And so on this day, my friends, don't have just a happy Easter. Instead, claim. Claim what Jesus Christ has done for you. Claim the resurrection. Be a resurrection faith Christian. And have not a happy Easter, but have a blessed and glorious Easter. Not just today, but every day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.